Hello, everyone. <clears throat> From wherever you are, it, um, it warms my heart and I hope yours as you see people pop up here um, in our community on our community Zendo screen. So we'll begin today. I'm Suzanne Kilkes here, the resident teacher here um, at Open Doors and Community in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, we'll begin today with a 10 minute sit. So let yourself get settled in whatever way feels grounding to you.
Let's continue our uh, first inquiry of this new year with the verse of the robe. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. It's good to listen to the sound of the bell reverberating through the bodies, through the air, through the space. Mm -hmm. Welcome everyone to this first inquiry of 2024. So glad to be with all of you today to practice with you and to offer uh, my Dharma offering for us today. Actually, uh, my first statement in my notes was that uh, this is a new year in the West because we know that our friends in Iran um, celebrate that in March, as well as other other countries in that part of the world. So here in the West, it's our new year. As many of you know, we often use this time to make some resolution or to re-up on intentions for our lives. Of course, this is an important action for us especially if a renewal of practice is needed. Today, I wanna to offer us an aspect of practice that is often not talked about, using our imagination for good. In early December, I attended the Rahatsu retreat at Upaya online. The theme was breakthrough, and it was uh, suggested by Kaz Tanahashi, Early each morning uh, at the Dharma offering began with uh, Senzai Kaz giving a brief talk. Kaz, as many of you know, is a Zen master, calligrapher, poet, writer, translator of Dogen and other seminal works, teacher and social justice and climate activist. Kaz wears many hats, all in service to the Dharma. On the third day of the retreat, he offered an inspired and wholehearted challenge to each of us to step up and work with and use our imaginations as the foundation for actions in support of bringing the Dharma and our basic goodness into the world. He let us know that he had written this two days before the retreat started. He asked us to share it, so I want to read this piece to you. It'll take about eight minutes or so. It is called Great Peace. It's in three parts. First, he lays out the situation as it is reported every day about the warring in the world. It fills our minds and hearts with images that are repeated daily. Our imaginations replay these images 
the second part or middle part is designed as a Jewish conversation in prayer. With tongue in cheek, Kaz says he is a Jew by marriage, as his wife Linda is Jewish, and so uses this form of prayer to give us ideas for our own prayers. I think you'll recognize it because it sounds very much like the metaphor as well. The last part of this piece is the turn to a call for action. So let's begin with attending to our breath as support of receiving what cause offers us here. This first part might bring up distress with the images that it conjures. Please care for yourself. The first part is titled, The Misery of War. Smoke, fires, explosions, a constant blast of guns and bombs. Buildings are crashed, the land is flattened. Blood pieces of human bodies all around. Babies are crying, mothers screaming. Good people turn utmost cruel when they are ordered to attack and kill. Threat against threat, destruction against destruction, revenge against revenge, never ending cycles of hatred, violence and massacre. The world of inhumanity is revealed when a nation tries to maintain colonialism, racial supremacy and discrimination. Humans become demons. Blood spreads in our hands, minds, and souls. How do we stop it? How do we turn it around? Part two, pray for your enemy. Naomi, age seven, said to her dad, Abraham, can I pray for Ida? Our troops keep bombing her city. She may have no water and no food. She and her family may be killed any time. Abraham responds, yes, my dear, I will pray with you. Our Lord, I ask you for mercy on Ida and her family. May Ida, Magda, Jamil be safe. Be safe and have enough comfort. May they be free from fear. May they have peace on their land. Naomi's mother, Sarah, joins their prayer. Our Lord, may Ida, Magda, Jamel, Noha, and Bailel live. May their human rights be honored. May they have equal citizenship. May they flourish in their lives. Sarah and Abraham's neighbors in their kibbutz join our Lord. May our hatred turn to love. May our aggressions cease. May we be compassionate to members of all ethnic groups. May we treat all people equally. May we realize all others' happiness is our happiness. May we abandon racial supremacy and aggression. May we be peaceful and humane people. May we construct a nation where all past wrong deeds are being confessed and forgiven. 
May our nation be democratic. May we be free of violence. Part three, what happens when violence turns to reconciliation? Hatred turns to love, despising turns to respect, and self-interest turns to mutual interest. Human rights of all people are honored. May we be peaceful and humane people May we construct a nation where all past wrong deeds are being confessed and forgiven. May our nation be fully democratic. May we be free of violence. Citizens have equal rights and opportunities. People interact to one another with love and respect. All people pursue happiness in an equal manner. No more suicide bombers, no terrorist action take place. No more hostages, no human shields are needed. No weapons are used. No military forces are needed. Nations follow Costa Rica with no army. Nations follow Panama with no army. Nations follow 22 other countries with no army. Weapons are not needed, not produced. Let us all imagine, let us all imagine a world of no more war and no more large scale violence, a world of eternal and sustained peace. Cause ends this piece here and leaves it to us to consider how to work with our imaginations. Of course, this is not new to Zen practice. We know that what led the Buddha on his search was a question that opened up his imagination first with curiosity, what causes suffering? And then with the question that directed his imagination toward the response of the Four Noble Truths to what can end suffering. Norman Fisher at Everyday Zen just completed eight weeks of offering a teaching, the teachings of Vasubandhu, a fourth century Buddhist monk and philosopher known for his teachings on what he called the three natures which are the inherent aspects of all phenomenon, is what he poses. The first of the natures is imaginary. I won't go any further into this right now. Both Norman Fisher wrote his book and talks a lot about imagination in his book, The World Could Be Otherwise. And recently, Ben Connolly, one of our Midwest Dharma teachers uh, here in Minnesota, has written a wonderful book on Vasubandha called The Three Natures, A Practitioner's Guide to Liberation. And Norman used that book in his teachings of the last eight weeks. So I'd like to just reference that and, and go on. 
returning to causes invitation and call to action, we need to practice with our imaginations. We need to use our imagination in support of the Dharma, in bringing the Dharma alive in everything we do. Many secular and spiritual teachers begin transformational processes with working at developing your vision, what you want. I find because I've taken a lot of lessons in that and worked with a lot of people around that, many people stop there with the idea of vision. We need to practice with our imaginations. We need to spend time each day in imagining the vision we hold in our minds and hearts. For example, the new book, and it is such a good book, How We Ended Racism, Realizing, How We Ended Racism, Realizing a New Possibility in One Generation. It outlines eight pillars of action, the first of which is visioning, grounded in an image of the desired future. It's such a practical book. And by the way, Tammy Simon of Sounds True just did a wonderful interview with these authors. It's written by a black recording artist and author and a white Vipassana teacher. Um, Michael, Will, Justin Williams and Shelley Tijelski. My point is that this is an important aspect of our daily practice. We say we wanna be a part of creating a world of goodness. This is part of the work we need to do. I think it's part of what Peg calls meditating as if our hair is on fire. It's not an easy practice, however, as we are pulled by the familiar images of war and racism and all the other isms. Our nervous systems are what I call calibrated to our personal past and the current images we receive every day. Fortunately, we have so much neuroscience research now and images that show us our nervous systems and our brains. In my experience with this practice, and I consider it a bodhisattva practice, I bring to mind an image, a picture, a sound, a voice, words, emotion or body sense, and often some resistance arises in the form of doubt body-mind agitation, a pushback of a thought like it's not possible, and all kinds of forms can arise. This is where it's important to acknowledge and return to the image, sometimes again and again, until it strengthens and becomes more potent than the past and the prevailing view of the future, or I'm sorry, the prevailing view of the present. The other thing that is important is to let go of the outcome. We've learned this in practice in general, haven't we? We sit for no good reason. We attend to our breath as a process in the moment, moment to moment. We notice what arises and return to the focus of our practice. It's called practice, not a pursuit of an accomplishment because it is needed regularly and with regular engagement. And with regular engagement, life changes. So I'll leave it here. And I want to hear from you with your comments, especially how you practice with your imagination, which will help us all. 
and or any questions you have about practice. Thank you for listening to Causes Offering and to my comments. And maybe in our silence and our quiet, we can conjure an image of something that we want in our life or in our world. It's always a good practice. Now we have Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Uh, good morning. Happy New Year. So, Happy New Year. yeah, I'd like to offer a small kind of um, playful image that um, just appeared to me during maybe the past year uh, when I sit and um, it's the image of a leaf floating along on, it's kind of a river that's not a roaring river. And sometimes it's a green leaf. Sometimes it's a dead leaf. Uh, lately, the leaf has been prominent and not the water. But, but what it does for me, it appears when I'm sitting kind of it's probably a part, right? It's this part manifesting as this leaf. And it's kind of guiding me to pay attention. It's like, oh, that leaf comes up and I turn my attention, you know, back, kind of uh, let my thoughts go here and, and there but to awareness. So I really uh, have a lot of images in my life. Um, that one came up unbidden, unbidden. You know, I like the idea of kind of cultivating images, however simple, um, that might be helpful in daily life. I'm not quite sure what they'll be yet, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I would like to have to be guided by them. And for myself, I don't watch the news on TV. I just read it on my iPad. I mean, speaking of image imagery and also just sensory overwhelm, um, I find it too upsetting, you know, to, to have those images. Um, they really enter into my brain and my body. Mm -hmm just too much. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that wonderful uh, summary of Kaz's talk. Thank you, Lisa. What I, what I said about offering an image that is has been helpful for you, I think we need a lot of support in using our imagination because this is part of the collective, the collective consciousness that we can create uh, and expand on. So thank you so much for adding that I could picture your image of a leaf. That was beautiful. Thank you. It's right up here. Right there. I mean, that's what's interesting. It's not down here. It's always just a little bit above my head. 
and it's always moving. I really like that as I'm talking about. That leaf is always kind of moving, but it's still also up here. So it's kind of like life, right? It's like keeping your equanimity, even though everything is moving along. Thank you. Thanks very much, Lisa. Mm -hmm. And we have Sheila. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. And yeah. thank you for that summary of mm -hmm. that teaching um, before the session anyway. And also for mentioning uh, other teachers and references for mm -hmm. us to pursue. Mm -hmm. um, I I was by Lisa's story of her leaf floating on a gentle stream mm -hmm. of her head, her image. Uh, I was reminded of a Japanese story that I always loved about a contest between who had the strongest, most powerful sword. And um, the contest was run kind of like this by uh, putting the swords in the river and the leaves floating down gently and then the swords were so many of the swords were so finely um, created that it would cut the leaves in half they were looking for the one that would do that the best but there was one sword that the leaves just floated around on the other side and didn't get sliced into. And that's the sword that won the contest as the most powerful that didn't destroy the leaves. So that's just an image that I like to create. Because at first, when I thought about how to create a, a non-war image, a peace image, first what I thought about was, how am I going to do that? I don't want to destroy all the missiles and drones and guns. I don't want to destroy them. Mm -hmm. So how can I make them dissolve, disappear? imagery so I'm gonna play with that that's what that's what you've called me to in that last third section and also to find out all of those 24 countries that don't have armies mm -hmm. explore how did they how did they do that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you very much yeah. for all your ideas thank you thank you Sheila Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have Denise. Okay. Hello, Denise. Nice Hello, to meet you. Hello, Susan. Nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. Um I have 
very many parts that showed up while I was listening. Um, maybe because I am Jewish, I have family, mm -hmm. I have friends um, in Israel. Mm -hmm. So I see the news, no, I listen to the news, mm -hmm. I talk to my friends, I talk to my family. Mm -hmm. Also people who died, who were killed. So I, it's just, I missed something in the resume that you made, which is legacy burdens, mm -hmm. which is inherited traumata. Mm -hmm. um, Sorry, I have to turn off WhatsApp. Yes, so um, I'm not sure what I want to say here, but um, so for me, for the moment, war is very real. Also, um, some reaction of anti-Semitism in Europe is real, mm -hmm. that I witness. Mm -hmm. um, and moments of meditation and calmness is real too. Mm -hmm. So in a way for me, it's both. You can't, I, I can't see life, you know, just imagining something beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, it's how to cope with these weird human beings that we are, who are able to destroy, to hate, to, to defend our family, to, and as well are able to, the deepest compassion for people we don't know, for people we know that suffer. So, um, it's it's uh, something I'm sitting with lately, mm. and I'm not able to join it yet. But I just I'm able to be aware of this, um, you know, and sitting in a safe place in Europe. Mm -hmm. So. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it's like this question how to imagine, you know, sometimes I look outside and I see a cloud just passing by and I feel the effect of the cloud passing by mm -hmm. in my whole body. Mm -hmm. So this is real. Mm -hmm. And I talk to my cousin and I see her despair and this is real too. So it's both, it's in us. It is, yes. Thank you so much, Denise. What you bring up is, um, for me, I had hoped that I wasn't sounding simplistic because that is not what I wanted to offer in any way, shape or form. I have friends who are Jewish. I have friends who are Arabs. Um, this is not an easy thing at all. And by any stretch of the imagination, as you're so 
well speaking of here. Um, but I think what happens to a lot of us, especially people like myself, is that we get stalled and we say, well, when the war is over or then, you know, then we can do something or when racism ends or when, you know, whatever, when that ends, then we can do something. And what cause and what Norman and other teachers are saying, no, we need to participate fully in this process. We cannot let our I don't knows, I don't know how, or our stuckness uh, stop us. We can't let that stop us at all. And when I listened to Norman's teachings the last eight weeks, um, and I've read his book a couple of times, The World Could Be Otherwise, and I tune into how much our imaginations are engaged in every moment of our life, and that we could take much more charge of that than we think we have, that that's an aspect of our power that we can bring forth or call forth in us, then I just wanted to put something out here about that without making anybody wrong or better than or worse than. It's such a complex situation. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, our goodness is called forth and the human the inhumanity is also called for in our in our uh, being so thank you so much for speaking denise mm -hmm. thank you mm -hmm. we have bonnie next Hello, Bonnie. Hello, Suzanne. Thank you so much. And I need to say that I raised my hand before Denise spoke. Um, and I'm really sitting with um, everything she said. So thank you, Denise. And thank you, you too, Suzanne. In some ways, I'm sitting with, you know, the notion of how kind of simple what I was thinking I wanted to say <laughs> might sound, you know. Um, so, so um, again, thank, thank you for sharing what Kaz had to say and also for planting the seed of an idea in my head, something that I hadn't kind of imagined doing before, but I pay a lot of attention to my dreams and I've had a dream image that, you know, is years and years and years old that has kept recurring. And I keep find my, finding myself returning to it um, and understanding it in new ways when I do, when it pops up. But the idea of using it um, in the way that you described and using it while sitting, you know, consciously tending to it um, in that way is is new for me and um, exciting to think about 
where it might lead, um, you know, in terms of, of action. And it's, it's really, um, it was a really powerful image at the time. It involved an eagle sitting in a tree. I'm walking in a sort of a cleared space in a forest and I see the eagle flying toward me, really flying toward me. And it's not scary. I'm, and I'm with other people. That's the other thing in the dream. I'm with other people um, and the eagle sort of slows and lands on my head and now I am standing with an eagle on my head and I am not afraid and I can feel the weight of the eagle um, and I hear the words um, walk in balance which the time I first heard them had a particular meaning and as I'm hearing myself say this dream now the whole thing about the freedom that an eagle symbolizes mm -hmm. um, anyway uh, you know there's more I can do with it um, and I again want to thank you for planting the seed of an idea of how I might use it in other way than just in other ways around action. Uh, you know, I have my own version of what walking in balance means, but after today, there's a lot more complexity um, to it. And so anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for that offering, Bonnie. It's a rich image. And we have Becky. Hello, Becky. And oh, Charity took my my class. Anyway, I also was hesitant to come with what I brought uh, because it was there before your talk even, and I was having some trouble even listening to it, but. I'm so glad that that felt like coming forward now because of who all has spoken and what they have said. And and I guess that well, first of all, I'd like to say to Bonnie, I I don't I don't think you probably know about a song that you'll want to write down the name of and look up. Um, Lynn, who's here today, is a sangha sister, and she introduced it on her radio show that she does from Wimberley, Texas. And um, it's called When the Eagle Calls. And it is about your dream. And so I, I really, it's, it's Joanna um, Shenandoah. So Bonnie, maybe all of you, it's a powerful song to listen to. So, and it's on YouTube in various ways, but it's called When, when the Eagle Calls. Um, and the, the reason I had lift, put my hand up was because as, as people were talking, I realized that, my, that, that what I was arriving with 
and hoping to speak with is intertwined in many ways. Um, for, my, for myself, it is um, that I'm, I'm at, a, at a threshold that's not just a practice threshold, but it is a, a medical one. Um, and so I have ended up, have, my oncologists have said that I need to not be around people in proximity if they don't have a mask on. And what that means is I see very few people these days, uh, even though I had moved to a, an assisted living, hoping to do so. As I've been with that, mostly it's not, I mean, it's a challenge, but we had the pandemic to teach us how to deal with that part of it. Um, but as, as when, when times are hard for my body as well, and it goes on and on and on and on, and I get weary, I've found that unless I'm with Sangha, after even a few hours, I start forgetting who and am, why I am. And that's not common for me to experience. Um, and, or at least recently within the context of, of having practice. Um, I, I don't have problem sitting, um, but I do it best when I'm with, doing it with others. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, I just do, I keep kind of forgetting. And it's not, it's not exactly depression, but I verge on it and recognize that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting my hand here uh as a way of of you feeling my hand on your heart so that you know becky that we are inter are we're here together and all the what seems like boundaries between us can melt away can forget to do their job and we can know that we are connected. Can you feel that? I do. This together? I, do. I do. Yes, I do. Please do. This is my coming to you. And if I was there physically, I'd have my mask on because my husband's been in the hospital for the last five days and I go with a mask every day. I'm one of the few, which is shocking, but um, yeah, we have to take care of each other these days in this way. Mm -hmm. But part of part of what I was thinking about, I mean, that is is that our our practice when it is more personal, mm -hmm. directly related to our practice in the in the world in the universe. Yes, and, and so. I don't, I mean, you know, I thought, oh, yes, of course, there's, uh, I mean, I, I know there's a war, there's a war, there's been a wars going on in the world every single day that I've been alive. Mm -hmm. So 
It's, it's not something that I ignore and it's not something that now I can focus much at all for. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I don't forget that. And it's in some ways, like I said, there's, there's ways that it's a, it's our, our personal practice mm -hmm. is intertwined mm -hmm. with our work in the world. Yeah. Yes. Is the work in the world when all we can offer is our, our meta, when all that we can offer is, is that. I get a little bit nervous around words like imaging and and vision because for some people it's it's a way to not escape exactly but to have the kind of hope then that if it doesn't come through that is that then is a disappointment or mm -hmm. you know something goes off the the words that have made a difference for me mm -hmm. in self and in my relationships and in my relationship to the whole is, is that of, of the, the possibility. Mm -hmm. By looking at the possibility, I mm -hmm. think is, is, uh, something that's more grounded for me than than an image or a vision that that yeah so it's it's something that that is being open to the possibility in a place where it feels closed mm -hmm. is is the place and and it's been a place I've been needing to do with my body and thoughts now too. Yes. Yes. Thank you. What you just gave us, Becky, was an example of how we all need to consider this for ourselves and identify what word or what body sense or what experience we identify with. Would that mean something to us? That's what's really important. Um, it's not a folly, falling into lockstep about anything here. It's about studying ourselves and finding what is right for us, what is meaningful for us. So thank you so much for what you spoke here. Thank you for thank being you. and who you are. Thank you, Becky. And we have Sue next. Hello, Sue. Hello, Suzanne. Happy New Year to you and everyone. Mm -hmm. Your talk today. Um, the idea of imagining. Mm -hmm. And I don't know quite what it was, but it just kind of put me in a panic. And this huge void in front of me developed. And then I began to have a million images. And it was like I was racing, and I thought, I'll never, I'll never be able to settle on it. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then, you know, when people began to talk, so I so appreciate what 
every single one of you said, because you gave wonderful and varied examples of things. So it just kind of calmed me down. And I thought, yes, there is possibility that I can do this. <laughs> so thank you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so glad you spoke, Sue, because you spoke directly to those resistances that arise. They come in all kinds of forms. And I mean, it was fierce. It was fierce. fierce. It's fierce. No question fierce. about it. It's fierce. And it, and it, it stunned me. It uh -huh. stunned me. And it overwhelms us. And we go, I can't do this. And at that level, you are were right. It can't no, be. I couldn't have. I, I needed, needed to hear all this. But what you did was you joined and you listened. Mm -hmm. And you let yourself be in the presence of people who you know are connected. Mm -hmm. And that put, moved you through that resistance. And, and that's not resistance in a bad way, but it's just the natural human condition. So thanks for speaking to that, Sue. It's so important. Oh, and powerful. <laughs> Thank you. Powerful. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sue. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We have Rosemary. Hi, Suzanne. Thank oh, you. Rosemary, good to see you. Good to see you too. So um, I have this um, idea with imag imagination. I um, I feel like I have an overactive imagination, and then it can it can get into fantasy, and then really distract me. Mm -hmm. So. Um, the positive uses um, are there, but I always feel like I have to, you know, kind of rein it in and maybe I can wonder a little bit more about it before I react that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to offer one that very, very recent in my sit this morning, um, a child part was coming up and um, um, I realized that if I were at my age, I I could be the mother, but I could also be the grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so the image was of myself as a grandmother. And that was kind of, that was really very, very helpful because this grandmother, um, if she were to console the child part, she couldn't be in that. She had to be, she had suffered mm -hmm. in her life. So she knew that she could be somewhat separate. So that was an, an image. Um, that I wouldn't normally see for myself, but it's it was helpful. It's really mm -hmm. helpful. So anyway, I wanted to offer that kind of push mm -hmm. and pull with imagination. Thank you. What um, what comes up for me is what you said about what you recognized in a grandmother state. You said a grandmother has suffered, and that you know suffering comes in so many ways and so many cruelties and so many traumas. And I think one of the things that cause was speaking to was we need to transform those the traumas of legacy. And there's a number of teachers out there that are doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, there's no way to to um, turn away from that if we're serious about about doing what we need to do to offer ourselves for a better world while we let go 
of any outcome we think ought to be happening here. Um, that's, a, that's a difficult process for we us human beings. We don't want to let go of the things that we think the way it should be. And yet we need to practice with it. We need to practice with our thoughts. I mean, that's definitely something we do. We need to practice with our imagination. I mean, I, I know for sure that you're not alone in having a very active one. <laughs> I mean, you're a creative. Creatives have very strong imaginations in whatever area they're in. So, so it's, um, it keeps calling us to, what are we going to do? How are we going to offer ourselves? What's going to happen here? So, I, I just want to add one more thing. And that was that this, this grandmother, my Italian grandmother didn't do, you know, I mean, I just mostly saw her in the kitchen and you know, that was, mm -hmm. and, um, but as I was, um, sort of incorporating this idea, the grandmother became much more um, dignified, maybe, mm -hmm. and 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 was kind of embracing her um, what she had learned, mm -hmm. what she had been through, yeah, and with 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 dignity and maybe more courage, yeah, to um, maybe to make make a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rosemary. Thank you so much. Okay, we're at time. So let's say the refuges with everything that we've talked about today and everything that you've all offered, which I always consider as the as the center of our inquiry here. I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge in Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. We take refuge in Buddha before all being, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. We take refuge in Dharma before all being, entering deeply the merciful ocean of Buddha's way. We take refuge in Sangha before all being, bringing harmony to everyone free from hindrance. Now all being has completely taken refuge in Buddha now all being has completely taken refuge in Dharma. Now all being has completely taken refuge in Sangha. Dedication of Merit. May all awakened beings extend with true compassion their luminous mirror wisdom. May the merit and virtue of this group along with everyday practice extend to all beings everywhere. May all be relieved of suffering, fear, free from fear, longing, aversion, and ignorance. And may the way of awakening go on endlessly. Thank you, everyone. Blessings for the remainder of your day, whatever time that is. Take care, and I'll hand it back over to Maria. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne. Thank you for kicking off uh, 2024 inquiry and bringing us all together in the same space. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And thank you all for, for being here. And, and if you'd like to offer Dana to, um, to Suzanne, um, I'll, I'll put it in the chat the, um, for Open Door. And, uh, and there's also a place to make contributions at appamada.org. You can make a one-time contribution or you can 
you can set up um, regular payments. But thank you all so much. And if you'd like to spend a 30, 30 minutes with me on the porch, please do stay right where you are and pop yourself into gallery view. And I'll be with you in just a moment. So thank you all so much for being here. Thank you.